Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. I'd like to thank you for joining us today as we continue in part four of our mini-series entitled Young Men Breaking Free. And I'm doing this series really based on a new booklet that I have written entitled Young Men Breaking Free, 12 Steps to Sexual Purity. And, you know, today's show is really for everyone. It's not just for young men and their parents, because in today's world, you never know when a family member, a friend, a member of your parish may need help and direction in dealing with a sexual addiction. And pornography is spreading like wildfire among Catholic men and even increasingly among Catholic women. So fellow Catholics need the help of their parishes, parents, and friends in order to deal with this problem. Now, something is going to be a little unique in today's broadcast. I've done other broadcasts uh, dealing with the problem of pornography, but today what I'm going to be talking about relating to pornography also has profound implications for those dealing with serious marital problems, alcoholism, drug addictions, and other types of addictions that we're going to see all spring from a similar root. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. And what we're doing today, I'm taking what I consider one of the most important additions to this little Breaking Free booklet that I've written. As you may know, I've written the first one was simply entitled Breaking Free and it was targeted at married men. Now, this new booklet, uh, not only is it targeted at young men, but Basically, it's a decade of experience dealing with Catholic men wrestling with the pornography problem. I discovered some things that I tried to include in this booklet, and step 12 in Young Man Breaking Free has one of the most important discoveries I made in over a decade of helping Catholic men with the pornography problem. And I'm just going to read the first paragraph for you so you get a flavor for step 12, Young Men Breaking Free, and this whole step is entitled Hurts That Can Make a Sex Habit Seemingly Impossible to Shake. If your parents were divorced, if your father abandoned your family, if either or both of your parents were alcoholics or drug abusers, if you have been physically, verbally, or sexually abused, if a parent was emotionally unbalanced, if either of your parents failed to demonstrate affection, if you have physical or intellectual limitations that make you feel different from others, or if a friend or family member caused deep and lasting pain in your life, then for you, step 12 is the most important step in this booklet. Now, we are broadcasting today, and when you do so, I'm aware that there's many people listening having hurts deep within caused by one or more of the things that I just read. And because of that, this has special implications for those who are dealing 
with sexual addictions. There is a book that I recommend quite strongly in dealing with underlying problems that can fuel a sexual addiction. And that book's by Dr. Mark Laser, and it's entitled Healing the Wounds of Sexual Addiction. And in his book, he reports on a study made of 100 sex addicts. You might be shocked to find that 81% of those self-identified as sex addicts experienced some form of sexual abuse. And by sexual abuse, it was a fairly wide definition, but regardless, 97% of the sex addicts experienced some form of emotional abuse. And by that, they include, and, and again, these are childhood experiences, yelling, screaming, put-downs, name-calling, profanity, or dangerous combinations of these. Now, here is what happens, and I can put it in a sentence, but you need to listen carefully because any sexual addiction can be complicated, deeply complicated, by a childhood trauma, and here's why. Stay with me. It's an attempt to turn painful feelings into pleasurable feelings through sexual activity. Let me repeat that. It's really an attempt to turn painful feelings into pleasurable feelings through sexual activity. And basically, you're using sexual behaviors as a type of psychological aspirin. In other words, there's pain inside, and the addictive behavior is an attempt, it's a misguided attempt, but it is an attempt to deal with that type of pain. And the real danger is that it works, but it works in a very temporary fashion. It gives a very, very short-term pain relief effect. But then the vicious cycle of addiction deepens or begins. Here's why. The existing pain from inner wounds is now coupled with some new negative feelings because most people don't feel real good about themselves after they view pornography. So you have your inner wounds, the pain from that, and now you have increased negative feelings about yourself and there's pain from that. So there has to be repeated attempts for pain relief through addictive behavior. And this is where the cycle begins. It's very hard to break for many people don't even realize this is what's going on. Now, let me just say something just straight out. Every man listening to me is vulnerable to pornography, but men with inner hurts are exceptionally vulnerable to the cycle of addiction. I mean, I don't mess with pornography. I personally consider it too dangerous to even play with, so I stay away from it. And any man is vulnerable to pornography, but a man particularly with some of these types of inner hurts that I've been describing, viewing pornography in that type of situation is as dangerous as smoking while you're standing in a puddle of gasoline. Uh, you just are just asking for tremendous trouble.
I'm going to name what I call the big four addictions. And I realize there are other addictions, but the big four that we all know about, gambling, alcohol, drugs, and pornography. I just call these the big four addictions. Any of those addictions can be fueled by inner wounds seeking soothing. And that's why if you turn to a counselor for any of these addictions, if they're just treating the addictions, it's like, you know, when you go to the arcade and those little moles pop up out of a hole and you have this hammer and you slug them over the head and then another one pops up in another hole. Well, that's that's it. You like you bang down the gambling and the alcohol can come up or you bang down the drugs and the pornography comes up or you bang the pornography and the alcohol comes up. In fact, 50 percent of all sex addicts are also alcoholics and the more severe the childhood traumas a person has experienced, the greater likelihood of multiple addictions. And Dr. Mark Laser talks about treating people with all four, all big four addictions, gambling, alcohol, drugs, and pornography. Why? There's tremendous hurt. And so you try one and it gives you, oof, you know, really moments of relief, but you know, these are things that are driving you from the inside. So you try something else and get a few moments of relief, and then you just pile up and make it more frequent, and this is the addictive cycle. Now, I'm going to try to give you three concrete examples of what I call good people. And don't get me wrong, I believe alcoholism, drug abuse, and pornography are all grave sins. But I'll tell you that the vast majority of men that I've worked with over the past dozen years in dealing with this issue are good people who, for one reason or another, thought they were just playing with something, and there's a culpability in that, but end up getting addicted. And so I'm going to try to give you three examples of good people who ended up with addictions stemming from a childhood family wound. The first one is a man that I admire. He's a good man. He's a good Catholic man, Dr. Bill Bennett. He's held esteemed positions as the United States Secretary of Education. He's been the national drug czar. He's a distinguished fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and I can't keep track of him, but my last count, he's written about 16 books. Of course, the best known of those 16 is the one, The Book of Virtues, which was published in 1993. A decade after Dr. Bennett published his Book of Virtues, Americans were shocked that the author of The Book of Virtues was a high-stakes Las Vegas gambler who reportedly had lost millions. What's going on here? This seems so incongruous to the rest of his distinguished life and career. And to many, including myself, his gambling addiction was simply a mystery. And, you know, a lot of people I call took very cheap shots at Dr. Bennett, just saying, oh, he's just a big hypocrite and all this type of thing. And you know, I, I didn't quite feel like that, but I didn't know what was going on. 
And you probably know I'm very interested in issues concerning Catholic men and Catholic fatherhood. So when in 2011, Dr. Bennett published his excellent book entitled The Book of Man, I listened rather carefully to some of the interviews he gave, and then it just hit. In those interviews, he related that he grew up without having his father in the home and his mother had a string of relationships with other men. That's enough to create deep inner wounds in the heart of any boy. Boys need fathers. And if fathers abandon the family, the fathers are emotionally distant, the fathers are abusive, or the fathers leave through the divorce, this is going to affect a good man. So gambling, like alcoholism, like drug addictions, like pornography addictions, flourish in the fertile soil of childhood family trauma and can affect good people to do what you would just think is inexplicable behavior. Here's another one that I just read this week in the Washington Times, that they found out that childhood traumas are far more likely to have occurred in military active duty members as well as veterans than in the general population. And they described childhood traumas uh, fivefold. One, unwanted sexual contact. Two, exposure to domestic violence. Three, household drug use. Four, incarcerated family members. And five, parental divorce. Now, any one of these five things, or even worse, combinations of one or more of these five things, can create severe childhood trauma. And the Washington Times reported that there was a survey of 10,000 active military and veterans coupled with a survey of 51,000 civilians. So this is a huge survey, important survey. And they found out that military men, active and veteran, were almost twice as likely to have experienced childhood trauma than the civilian population. Now, they're just trying to figure out, you know, what's going on here. And, and many people know that some guys and women enlist to escape um, hometown and home problems in addition to their patriotic reasons and sense of duty for enlistment and such. But they mention, and this hasn't been thoroughly explored yet, but I can guarantee you that those with a history of child sexual abuse or other kinds of abuse mentioned who have encountered the horrendous type things that surface personnel see on the battlefield can certainly make one more liable to the post-traumatic stress disorder. And these are good people, but encountering certain traumatic events and having inner wounds may make them much more vulnerable. Here's a third example, and I'm kind of changing the details to protect the folks uh, involved here. But I have written a couple of books for those preparing for marriage entitled The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband, and the second one, you might guess, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Wife. 
I consider the three or four pages in the very short chapter, I call it the B chapter, there's 26 chapters for the, each letter of the alphabet, and the B chapter is entitled, Beware of the Trigger Effect. And before I tell you what I wrote about, let me just tell you about a real situation. Two young, highly committed uh, Catholic young people, both attended one of the top Catholic uh, colleges or universities, both had what they would call a very deepening renewal experience uh, in their faith, yet both came from homes where divorce had taken place, and they had assumed that because basically they're all in and, and, and following the Catholic Church, trying to study and follow church teaching, including marital sexuality and everything else, they basically thought everything was going to be fine, and they were quite surprised that in the middle of their marriage— kind of uh, exploded what I call the, the trigger effect, that marriage has the uncanny ability, and if not marriage, sometimes the birth of the first child, to kind of have these inner childhood traumas explode. And these were good folks. It's a nice couple. But they had just kind of imagined that they were immune from their past, from childhood trauma, because of their commitment. Now, it would have been much better, and a lot of this could have been minimized, if they recognized before they got married that even though with their high commitment and everything else, that they were carrying wounds. And a, a skilled counselor could help them deal with this, articulate it, discover it, really seek some active healing and recovering from it rather than just having it explode in the middle of a marriage. Let me read you just a, a paragraph from The Trigger Effect. Many people have unresolved childhood conflicts lying dormant inside them. Living together before marriage often allows these conflicts to remain hidden. But things like marriage or the birth of a child have the potential to trigger their reappearance unexpectedly. The result can be monumental personal and marital difficulties such as uncontrollable anger, irritability, alcoholism, inability to demonstrate affection, eating disorders, or an irrepressible urge to control and dominate. Now, again, these aren't horrible people that this happens to. It's, in most instances, not at all the fault of a child to have encountered these type of traumas. But the traumas do inflict a wound that stays with the person, and simply by repressing it or imagining it's not there, it pops out in crazy ways. And I've just given you three profound examples, I think, on how these come out. So what, what do you do about it? Well, first of all, if you're an adult listening who has experienced childhood or family trauma, then I would be extra cautious about the big four. Now, obviously, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to stay away from pornography anyhow. But 
let me just say it this way. I don't know a better way to say it. Be extra cautious about staying away from it because really it is potentially dangerous. Something like alcohol. Uh, Alcohol is permitted. Drunkenness is not. Alcohol is permitted. But if you have experienced some type of severe childhood or family trauma, I just would be real cautious with alcohol. And if you find yourselves having problems on the first instances of it and be willing to uh, have a good friend or your spouse to say, you know, uh, I don't think you're, you're dealing with the alcohol very well, cut it out. Because you're just far more prone than other people to use that alcohol to try to heal a hurt. And let me tell you something. Gambling, uh, risk-taking behavior, because that's an outward way to try to deal with this, um, drugs, pornography, and similar type things, they will not and cannot heal your hurts. And I'm going to speak in a moment about try to how do you deal with that. I, I want to speak specifically to a single mom who might be listening. And you've survived a divorce, but you just found out that your 17-year-old son not just is viewing pornography, but in all likelihood, he has a pornography addiction, okay? Well, you want to get a copy of Young Men Breaking Free, but I want to tell you, point up, your son is going to require skilled spiritual and psychological help for both the porn problem and for the wounds from your marital breakup. A lot of single parents aren't willing to kind of bring forward when their child is having psychological problems that it could have anything to do with the marital breakup. It probably does. And I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming your former spouse or anything like I'm just saying it is a factor. And if you want your son to get better, you want a type of counselor to feel very free to deal with both because he has to deal with both because the addictive behavior thrives on childhood trauma, okay? Uh, If you want a good book on this, uh, Mark Laser's book on healing the wounds of sexual addiction, I've recommended for a long time. And if you're even going to choose a counselor, Dr. Laser's book would be a good thing to read beforehand, because let me tell you something, many counselors will be tempted, even though they give lip service to the underlying reasons, um, they basically are attacking the most visible problem. Like, you know, if your husband has a gambling problem, it's making the family go broke, you want to, you know, stop that. Well, yes, you want to stop that, but to truly stop it, make sure your husband doesn't become an alcoholic or a porn addict, you want to get to the underlying problems. And you want a counselor who wants to do that. And by reading Dr. Laser's book, you'll be equipped to choose a counselor, or you might want to get on an airplane and go to Dr. Laser in order to get that type of psychological help. Now, let me tell you about kind of an opposite type problem that can occur with a counselor. And this is a huge mistake that many, many counselors make. Um, Counselors should be very aware that these underlying dynamics and family history is very important to discover what is fueling 
contemporary problems in a person's life. Now, some counselors will trace all of life's problems to parental shortcomings. Now, it can be a, a primary and major factor, but one problem with this type of flawed counseling, it overlooks the important dynamic of personal responsibility. We call that sin, and there's a great cure for it. It's called confession, and it can be done away with. But if it's all the parents' fault and no personal responsibility, well, then the sin isn't dealt with, and the person's still carrying it and is still acting in weird ways within their life. You don't want a counselor who so magnifies parental imperfections that it creates a kind of a toxic negative focus. A good spiritual director, a good counselor, will lead you to find those things, but not in order to dwell on them and to magnify them and to grow bitterness towards them. No, to identify them so you can have them healed. And um, this is where your basic goal is to get the hurts on the inside to the outside. Now, this might sound slightly crazy, but I think it's good not only to verbalize forgiveness towards a parents and the wounds they have created, but I think it's worth a trip out to the woods where no one's around and I'll just say it, scream it. Yeah, get it out and as loud as you possibly can. Now, God is not hard of hearing if you want to tell him about all this. That's not the point. You need to get what's in out and just keeping it corked up inside, it's just going to lead to an explosion, to a nice young marriage or to a job or to other relationships. The other thing you want to do is find a small group or a trusted friends that you can talk about it. Don't, you don't want to shout at your friend. You do that in the woods. But I, I, even in addition to shouting in the woods, to talk about it to at least one trusted friend. And, and then go to confession because there is personal culpability to sinful ways you've reacted to deep hurts, and you want to just get rid of it, get it out of your life, and that's an important step. That's step 12 in that young men breaking free, and perhaps the most important step of all 12 for those young men and older men and anybody listening to me who has these deep hurts. So you've been listening to episode 39 of Faith and Family. Uh, go to dads.org or familylifecenter.net. There's a whole get help section for those struggling with pornography addictions. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.familylifecenter.net.